If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. This is Kerry Earnhardt, and you're listening to Earnhardt Outdoors, where the pavement ends and the dirt road begins. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Earnhardt Outdoors. I'm your host, Kerry Earnhardt. Alongside me in Exalta Studio is my brother-in-law, L.W. Miller. Hey, Kerry. Great to be here in this Exalta Studio and uh, looking forward to another great show. Yeah, they've all been pretty good, especially the last one. Yeah, we uh, we enjoyed our last show with our special guest, Kelly, uh, your sister and my yeah. wife, and she got in here, and uh, we, we probably have to both mind our P's and Q's when she was here, because she can call us out on all a of lot. our stories. She can call yeah, both she, of us out. So. She had a great memory. She's, she's got us. Some of the stuff she remembered, <laughs> I was like, wow, really? Well, well, speaking of that, that was leading into Memorial Day. Did y'all have any exciting events or anything? Well, of course, we had the uh, you know the Xfinity race down at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and then the Coca-Cola 600 race with Dale on on Sunday night, and we enjoyed both of those races. And in between all the the racetrack going ons, we spent a lot of time uh, packing boxes and moving stuff out of our detached garage and our attic storage area because we're in a in a process of moving to a a new house up in Statesville, so we spent all of our off time on Memorial Day weekend packing. Wow. So it wasn't that's a lot. The, the races were exciting, the rest of it not so exciting. Yeah, that's a lot of headache, but it's exciting to be able to move into a new home. But yeah, yeah, we uh we didn't do nothing. We weren't at the racetrack like you were, but we were at a rodeo. My daughter Kayla rodeos, and it was her state finals for the North Carolina High School Association, and she qualified for three out of five events and she missed one by two points and the other one i don't know she blew it out of the water but blew it out of the water yeah. good or bad 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 okay. yeah bad that could be taken either way well it's it's bad she just didn't make it but on a good note she made it in three events and we're heading to lebanon tennessee for her national rodeos so pretty excited about that and it's a pretty good association everything goes back towards her scholarships and stuff in school and she can get along go a long ways with this but I just had to throw out there because I was proud of her for doing what she did and making yeah. it to the Nationals, and we get ready to head that way and be there for about a week competing. Well, that's uh, pretty awesome. I know that uh, the extent of my my knowledge of the rodeo is what Kelly shows me. She watches the Facebook a lot, and she'll she'll show me a video of Kayla, uh, you know, doing her thing at the rodeo. So we get to watch it because, <laughs> uh, fortunately for you, your wife Renee does a good job of videoing that she stuff does. and, and she posting does. it. So, so the family. Now I might have videoed are, some of that. She posted. Oh well, I mean, yeah, I video a lot too. I'll give you. You are pretty good. You, I've seen you take some pictures. You, you're good at that. I'm Somewhat. very bad at that. If I, uh, <laughs> if anybody ever looks back at my record to uh, and wants to see what I did in my life via pictures or videos, I'm in trouble because I seem to put it all in my my memory bank and that's where I keep it. I say I lived it so I don't necessarily need to watch it. And <laughs> on the same token it's really cool to keep up with your family and in your rodeo and, and you know, seeing I know you always have that excuse whenever I invite you home. Always. You always have that rodeo excuse. Well, if you, I, look, you look at my schedule, it's every weekend we rodeo. So, so it's cool to see that and, and, and watch that a little bit and see what you guys do. And I know that, you know, I've seen, you know, Kayla seems like she's had a lot of success in that. And growing up in racing my whole life, I understand how that, that rodeo thing is a, a very similar. I can see how you transitioned from from racing cars into rodeo because it's it's the same type of deal. I mean, it does encompass 
all of your time, but not only your time, but your your entire family has to be all in, as yes. is, as it does in racing. I mean, if your whole family's not all in to support you in racing, you don't stand much of a chance. Yeah, that's, and yeah, that's a good that's part about it. Way. We we get to do it together as a family. You know, I might have to do all the work and haul the horses and everything, and she gets to ride and <laughs> compete. But I don't know. It's I'll, a lot of fun. Uh, I can call you out on that one because I I think I I took her ride to your place about a week or two ago and. Uh, you, you said, I'll meet you down at the uh, barn because Kayla's down there finishing stalls. So I've seen her getting her hands dirty. So I know well, uh, I know they do they do run you ragged on it. Well, but she I, had I've to. Seen, I know you make her do her She had to because well. I had something else to go do. Yeah. <laughs> probably haul a horse somewhere. Yeah, but. probably. <laughs> go pick something up. Go buy something. For yeah. the, go spend some money on the uh, horses. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was never into rodeo or anything or really horses until Kayla came along. And she picked up the love for horses and got into rodeoing and, I've learned a lot with it, and actually, we have alumni rodeo. Um, I will say that I've, I've thought about riding a bull, but I haven't done it yet. I do do shoot dog, and that's kind of where you sit in the buck and shoot with the steer, and you got your hand on his neck and hand on his chest, and you come out and you got a white line you got to cross before you touch his horns and try to twist him and throw him yeah. on his side. So I've done that last year, and I was pretty proud. It was my first time ever doing it, and there was 15 of us, and I finished second. Well, that's pretty cool. I've uh, so I think that maybe I've, like I said, my my rodeo experience is very limited. But I did one Sunday afternoon go up to Jeff Hammond's house. This was years back, and he had me with a is it like a calf comes out and you have to grab its horns and you twist it around and try to lay it onto its back. Is that what you do? Would I have done that off the ground? Yeah, the, the you, was, I was on the ground. Yes. Yeah, you was on. In, were you in the chute with him, or he come out of the chute? He, he come. I had as he came out of the chute, you grab him yeah. and you wrestle him. Well, it's sort of like steel wrestling. But steel wrestling. That, is that normally what I they do doing? it off the horseback? They come out, run beside the steer. Okay, I did and it. And they the jump ground. off and grab his horns and twist him. I ain't gonna do that because that breaks a lot of ribs and stuff, and it hurts. But yeah, the way I did it was from the ground. Yeah. And there's an art to it's. It's very reminds me a lot to. Uh, high school wrestling where it you, is, it you, is. Uh, if you know how to put the right twist on them yeah. and body form it's all about what it's like it yeah. doesn't seem to be about body size and strength it's no, about it's, knowing how to turn and them. you use their momentum to try to help you too. try yeah, to get see. them to turn them when they turn you try to flip them at the same time because yeah. their momentum's going that way but see see even though i know nothing about it you got I, I probably it. did do it once or twice well, you went with the real cowboy there at jeff Hammonds. <laughs> he knows what he's doing yeah that's they all were, he's about they were uh they were all roping doing all and kinds everything of roping and i was just hanging out for the afternoon so it was a, a pretty cool thing yeah. to do. but that that i forgot until you mentioned that you did that i forgot that i even did that yeah, we were uh, at the state finals with the rodeo, and these kids were running around playing in the woods and carrying on. And we're sitting there that evening after the rodeo's done and playing by the fire, and these kids start hollering about these ticks they're pulling off of them because they've been in the woods and got ticks on them. I recall that recently you had a little scenario with a tick, I think on a turkey hunt maybe. Yeah, unfortunately I've uh, got to experience the Lyme disease situation firsthand here recently, and uh this year seems to be my year. I recover. I had a shoulder shoulder surgery in March, and as I'm recovering from that, I get Lyme disease from a tick, and it's been a a, a bit of a battle. Um, you know, I've learned a lot, which is cool, and 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 I've uh, as recent as you know, just today, I, I pay more attention to what I see on the internet about you know Lyme disease and the the scare of it, and you know, just honestly, the big thing is just a lack of knowledge of what Lyme disease is, mm -hmm. uh, the different diseases you can get from ticks. Which mine is actually a, um, and Kelly will scold me for not knowing the correct <laughs> lingo, but mine is not typical, not an atypical Lyme's disease. Mine is um, what they call a, 
I always say it right. wrong. I call it a parallel disease, but it's not. It's a it's another disease that the ticks carry is what I've got, which is very similar to Lyme's. It's got a little bit different symptoms, and they actually have to treat it different, which obviously I didn't know until all the blood testing and DNA testing on the tick. Right. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing that I think I, I've talked to some people here recently, and, and this is probably popped out more than any other subject is a lot of people say, well, you know, I've had a hundred ticks on me in my life and I can't believe I've never got right. it. And I don't think that people understand the difference in a deer tick versus, uh, a, a, I guess uh, here again, the wrong lingo, I call it a dog tick. Yeah. Um, so the deer tick that spreads the Lyme disease, I think mine was a lone star tick. It was called, um, fortunately s- several things to be learned here for the listeners is for whatever reason, a long time ago, I got in the habit of if I had a tick on me that had been attached, I would put it in a Ziploc bag and put it in my freezer. Um, you know, if Kelly or Wyatt or one of the, any of us in the family had it, we would just put our name on that bag and, and don't believe me, my freezer's not full of dead ticks. We, I, I would <laughs> have to say, you know, at 43 years old, I, I think maybe five times in my entire life I've actually had a tick that's attached. Um, you know, I've picked them off me crawling. You can yeah. throw them crawling, you throw them off you. But we've just, for whatever reason, somewhere along the line, somebody told me I should do that, and I listened. And it really paid off because I was, when I, I got the bullseye rash, which most people, you know, I shouldn't say most people don't get. I think it's like 60% of it's the people. Rare that get bit by the, the tick actually do get the, the bullseye rash and others, you know, they don't get the rash, but you can have limes and not get the rash. I was fortunate that I got the rash, uh, recognized it as it, at what it was and was able to send the tick off because I'd kept it and have DNA tests done on the tick because it seems to be a disease that they're, you know, I've dealt with five different doctors to date on, on this myself, um, going through this. And it seems like there's a lot of mixed opinions, um, Nobody really has the answers of, of what it is, exactly how to treat it. You know, and they all have their, their you know, you want to be on antibiotics. Yeah, well, which one should you be on? That's a little bit of question. I mean, there's a lot of different question, as well as this question even in identifying what you really have. So uh, the one thing I have learned is that actually talking to a friend of mine from Maine recently, and he said, I've had 100 ticks stuck to me over my life. I can't believe I've never got it. But when people picture those ticks, it's the big dog ticks that they're thinking about. Mm. I mean, it's the size of a pea, pea yeah. uh, you know, or a, a BB or something like that. And um, in the actual deer ticks that carry the Lyme disease, that which is what I had to deal with, is uh, just a tiny little tick. I mean, mm. it's it's the size of a poppy seed. We actually have a what they call a tick key that you can buy at the drug. I actually think I bought them maybe at Bass Pro Shop and you put it on the tick and you slide it up to where it gets narrow and then it pulls the tick out of your skin without breaking the head off the tick. Um, that key actually was, was not even small enough to pull the ticks that I had that, mm-hmm. that transmitted disease to me. Um, just very, very tiny little tick. And that kind of gives you, a, I hope that gives some people peace of mind to think that, you know, well, we've had a lot of ticks and most of the time it's a big tick the size of a bb up to a p that's a dog tick they pull them off and and you don't get the lyme disease and in that case where you have these little tiny ones stuck to you that you can barely see they're the ones that you really need to think twice about um and you should worry about everything of course but i mean that's the if you have those i mean pay attention to it watch for symptoms i mean i started i started getting symptoms prior to realizing i had the rash where the tick was and I thought I was overdoing it with my shoulder therapy to recovering from my soldier surgery. Had a lot of body pain, fatigue, just really tired. Then a few odd uh, things which where I couldn't read magazine size print. 
um, which I thought was that was a weird thing that didn't just go. You, you didn't just shrug that off right. thinking, well, that's from my shoulder therapy. That made me think, what in the world's going on with me? And it wasn't probably two or three days later when I realized I had the the bullseye rash, which was about the size of a baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, definitely, I missed it for I missed it for probably a week or two just because. I'm a guy, and it was down on my shin in my uh, hairy legs. So it was, you know, in my hair. <laughs> I'm colorblind, so I don't see the colors. But most people would have caught that rash yeah, fairly yeah. quick. Um, you know, but I was fortunate. We'll have some real good doctors working on it and um, on my second round of antibiotics now, and hopefully I can get it taken care of. But just, you know, it makes you think. And I can't tell you how many people I've, I've talked to that, you know, I was actually talking to a, a guy the other day, and he's like, I was out playing golf the other day, and I thought about you, and I was thinking, what in the world <laughs> When you think about LW and golf together because it doesn't go together. <laughs> don't. He goes, yeah, I hit no. the ball out in the woods, and I had to walk out there and get the ball, and all I could think about was that Lyme disease and those ticks. <laughs> so if nothing else, I mean, you know, if we can spread a little awareness and get people thinking about it, hopefully the, the doctors, you know, nationwide can come up with some 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 remedies and maybe better ways of, of picking it. I mean, I've worked with, you know, some pretty great doctors I've got, you know, across the country just because I have great access to some great people that can help me. And like I said, there's a lot of, of disconnect on what they all think or what they think you should do or even what they, how they diagnose. So, you know, big topic. So we could talk about it for days, but yeah. I just hope, you know, just, I'm glad you called that out because it's, uh, I want people to, you know, put a little, I, I just always shrugged it off and thought, yeah, right, whatever. Well, I'm dealing with it and it's not, it's not a lot of fun. Yeah, it's not so, fun. I've never, not fun at all. Like you said, I've had many ticks on me, pull them off, throw them, burn them, whatever. And uh, went to South Dakota turkey hunting probably about five years ago. And the day after I got back, I was taking a shower and noticed the bullseye rash on my ankle. And I remembered I'd pulled the tick off there. So I went to my doctor, and was, she's a great doctor here in Mooresville. And she uh, said it was Lyme disease. I'm like, never, I don't get Lyme <laughs> disease. This never happens. But sure enough, that's what it was. I started getting achy joints, and she's treating me with antibiotics. And luckily, I just had one round. I didn't have to go no further. So caught it in time but i guess the key thing is now after i get out of the woods or just you know even if i'm in the yard i'll always check myself yeah take a shower just look look my whole self over and try to see if i got any ticks and uh, you know some of them you can't see in your head you kind of feel around or get your significant other or your friend or whoever just check your head out <laughs> back to the old brad paisley song i don't want to check you for ticks yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what that's why it started as two kids had ticks on them and then we started checking all these other kids and found a bunch of them from this weekend uh just past uh radio at this state finals and you know yeah. Yeah, all, all indications show that this year is going to be the one of the worst years for, for i guess uh it seems like weather. it's gotten worse over the years. Last yeah. few years have been pretty bad. You know, I know like turkey hunting or deer hunting, I try to, or really not deer hunting, but turkey hunting, I try to treat my clothes with certain things you can spray your clothes with and let them set overnight before you put them on. Then you can spray down. I spray down with, you know, tick spray or tick and flea spray or whatever they are. Just try to treat it as much as you can and try to avoid getting ticks on you. Yeah, it is. You know, I remember as a kid, I mean, I don't remember even having ticks when I was a kid. I guess there was ticks when I was a kid, but I mean, I just don't remember even hearing about them. Like, you nobody checked you, no. worried about it. You didn't think of them. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to identify one. Probably at 20 years old, I wouldn't have been able to identify them. Mm-hmm. And now they're they're everywhere. And, you know, it was in all my research and dealing with this, one of the things I learned, well, I, I don't want to say that I learned this because I don't know that this is 
I don't know this is 100% accuracy, but one of the thoughts is why there is more ticks now, and, and, and this is the case with a lot of different bugs that we're fighting now that we didn't fight, you know, 15 years ago, is that they said that the, the DDT chemical that they used to uh, use on fields for crop dusting and stuff like that, to keep, that which they made illegal, and I'm wrong on my years, so I'll just right. throw some numbers out there. Let's say they, they, they banned it in the United States maybe 20 years ago or 25 years ago, and there actually has been residual DDT in the ground that finally that had a, a, a live life of 25 years, 20 years, whatever the year is, and like just in the last five, six years is when that that has hit it hit its 20-year mark or 25-year mark, and that's why there's now infestations of bed bugs, infestations of ticks, uh, different bugs. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think we still need to use DDT, <laughs> but on the same token, I think that they they claim that that's or this one one story is that that is to the uh, you know maybe call it a conspiracy theory, whatever you want, but that was their story on why now there's so many more um, insect spread diseases and so much more issue with insects is because of the the final you know the 20 right. year shelf life even, of DDT that was in, that. in the ground <laughs> I never knew any of that so, you've really done your research since yeah. you got me in here <laughs> I have a lot of useless knowledge <laughs> <laughs> but no it can be helpful if you know people were in the woods or yeah kind of watch out for that stuff. Yeah, it just gives you, at least makes, makes you feel good. That you, there might be a reason why there's more yeah. bugs. <laughs> I maybe wish I studied more on it when I got bit, but I didn't. I just treated it and went on. Yeah, I just shrugged my shoulders at it, uh, honestly, for the first couple of weeks of having it. And, and, you know, when diagnosed with it, didn't even think anything of it. And then the bacteria in Lyme has a four-week uh, life cycle. And then on the fourth week, it, it actually reproduces and it more or less gives you another round of, of symptoms from the disease because you're more or less getting the disease all over again. Oh, wow which I was hit with uh, about two weeks ago and, and you know, four weeks, uh, uh, had a 28 day uh, round of antibiotics and probably about the 21st to 25th day into that round just really, really started getting real, a lot of symptoms. And at that point, of course, you think, well, is it is it the limes? Is it the, the antibiotic? What's causing this? And, mm-hmm. you know, after doing some more research and still learning more, and, and like I said, I mean, there's a lot of mixed opinions on it but that's the story that i got that i kind of adds up and makes the most sense with how i am feeling uh but it's you know i mean it's crazy i mean i'm it's you know terrible terrible joint pain my shoulder already hurts because of the operation so that doesn't stop hurting but i mean it's headaches it's dizziness it's having a couple days in a row where you can't read you know magazine size print uh driving up the road and you, you you think to yourself where in the world am i like you actually zone out it's it's a that's strange. just common for you i mean why yeah, is this something new i don't know about that yeah you, you can, zone out quite a bit you can say what you want but i don't know <laughs> i'm not a zone out type of person i'm a i'm a pretty sharp person <laughs> so it's yeah. it's been i, I can it's been, imagine. Very, it's been frustrating for me and my personality <laughs> to deal with <laughs> yeah because i imagine you've got good eyesight and all of them other than being colorblind but it's, yeah. it's hard to believe that you yeah, couldn't read and it makes you think more than yeah. it makes like you said I, your your take on it uh, of how you dealt with it was originally where I was shrugged my shoulders right. at it I'll take my antibiotics it's not no big deal mm-hmm. this last couple of weeks have made me think a little bit more about it I feel I imagine if I got the second round of it I guess I would have but I didn't have that issue yeah, so well, you were lucky maybe it was a different tick well different that like kind. I said I mean yeah. there again I think there's I think so mine had like a white spot on the back something about a white spot on its back or something but yeah. I can't remember that's five years ago I'm getting old <laughs> can't remember five years ago hence why you need to pay attention <laughs> to Lyme disease I can't, I can't remember yesterday 
we've heard all about Lyme disease, but yeah, that's enough on that subject. Right. Season for Let's fishing. Let's talk more about so fun, fun stuff. Season for fishing, and I know you don't fish much, but I got a few trips planned. I actually had a phone call coming in the studio today. Want me to go to Tennessee striper fishing, but I'm going to be here at the Nationals and Levin in Tennessee, so I ain't going to be able to fish. I I told him I like to meet him because he's going to be close by where he's going, but I'm going to be rodeoing all weekend and doing the dad thing, so. Well, that now it's not that I don't like to fish. I just don't go fishing. You just often. don't have the patience I, for it. I, I like to fish if I can catch fish pretty steadily. Like I said, you don't have patience for and, it. And I'm not much for sitting in one place for a real long time. So I don't mind. Like, I really enjoy trout fishing because I'm walking up through this, you know, walking up the stream, pretty mountain setting. you typically catching fish. And I don't really love trout fishing if I'm not catching fish. But I can do it because you are. it is a change of pace. I'm not... I'm not one to sit on a boat in one spot and fish or sit on a dock and fish. I'm just, I, when I was a kid, I did a lot of that, but I just, I don't know. I don't enjoy that, but I do enjoy, you know, I mean, back again to being outdoors. So I definitely can agree with you as far as this time of year, going out, spending time outdoors with your family, friends, buddies, whoever fishing is, is a pretty awesome thing to do. I, I don't think that, uh, you know, I just don't get a lot of time to do it. So it's not that I don't like to do it, it's just that I don't get out yeah. to do it very often. I know we've been trout fishing a few times in the mountains in North Carolina and places, and I did get a thing as uh, from the wildlife where they're opening the delayed harvest season. Oh, man, do I have a story about that? I want to talk about that. But they, they open it June the 3rd, and it's open through September the 30th. And, uh, you know, June the 3rd, the first day they open, they only let kids up to age 16, I think, fish for the morning till noon and then afternoon on adults can fish all the way up to september 30th but maybe we can get a trip going and head up do some trout fishing and it be something that you won't have a story like you're about to tell yeah so let me go ahead and, and go on with the story so this is exciting i uh i thought uh, this was several years it was probably six or seven years it ago it's been that long has it yeah no yeah, i'd say it was at least six years ago um well it was the first year that that Josh Berry was racing with a Sunday late model car. So I, well, I guess it, it has six been. years ago. It don't seem like it's been that long, but it's funny. So I, I like the trout fish, but I probably only go maybe two or three times a year. And I've got an old Delorme map that shows what streams are stocked mm-hmm. trout streams in North Carolina. And I just look on that map and I pick a road and I go to that spot and go fishing. So I thought it'd be cool one day to uh, take the boys from the junior motorsports late model team out and let them all go fishing. You know, it's these, build shop morale whatever get the guys it into was cool it. So, I mean, it was fun you yeah. had to admit it was fun so it was probably one of the best days i had yeah. fishing. so i got uh it was josh berry was what's its time the driver and there was probably four or five of us all together um tanner Pittman was actually with us and it was before he was of age because he had to skip school the day to go fishing with us so he'd skipped school four or five six of us whatever there was from the late model shop we'd jump in I don't remember if we had one vehicle or two vehicles. I guess we had one vehicle, so there must have been six of us in one of those duallys because we drove a dually, and we picked some spots on the map, and we went trout fishing. Well, none of those boys had ever one, – one of of the other guys had been fishing for trout before. The rest of them had never trout fished. So, you know, as you know, it's a little tricky to trout yeah. fish. It's not something you really do real good at your you first time. You kind of sneak up on them. Yeah, so we – we go and we pick a stream, and we didn't catch any fish, and we looked on the map. and said, well, let's drive up here and try this spot. Well – we drive up there and and uh, walk back in and start fishing. And I mean, the, the the stream is loaded with fish. There's every hole you'd walk up to, you'd see 15 or 20 trout laying in there. <laughs> and you'd cast in, and I we were using little uh, power bait salmon eggs. 
and he'd throw that that the, your hook in there and I mean you'd nail a fish so we all did have fishing license so we were legit there but the problem was I didn't read the placards on the trees well enough and where yeah. I was fishing in what I thought was hatchery supported waters it was hatchery supported waters the only problem being it was delayed, delayed harvest, harvest hatchery supported water so we I'd caught like I don't know six or seven fish however many fish we'd caught and I said well that's, that's I knew there was a limit seven I didn't know what the limit was limit. so I said I'm going to stop fishing and I let the boys keep fishing, and I, I, we had something like 23 or 24 fish amongst all of us. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll go ahead. We've been fishing for a couple hours. I said, I'm going to clean these trout. And while the guys finished, you know, we were wrapping it up for the day. So I sat there in a the stream, and I cleaned every one of those trout, had them all strung on a stringer. And I still have pictures of my phone of me and Josh Berry holding these this, these stringers, each of us on one end holding the stringer up with all of our trout on it that the guys had caught. And just as I was finishing cleaning the last fish, I look up and I'm standing on the stream bank and there's this pair of boots uh, eye level with me. <laughs> and I'm like, like black shiny boots. Mm -hmm. I'm like, who is that? And I look up and I, all I see is this guy dressed in a DNR suit. And I looked up at him and of course I'm excited because we oh, had yeah. a blast. I mean, this, these kids were catching fish. They'd never caught trout. I mean, this was awesome. And I said, he goes, how you doing? I said, doing great. And I held that stringer full of fish up. I said, did y'all just put these in or what? And he says, yeah, actually we did, and this is delayed harvest, so you're going to have to walk up here on a bank. I need to have a talk <laughs> with you guys. So at the end of it, after a whole bunch, of, we walked back out to the truck, and he uh, ended up writing every one of us up a ticket. And the guy, he was okay. I mean, he was a good sport about it. He, I think he knew that it was legitimately just a, a, a dumb, a dumb, I'll emphasize dumb, <laughs> mistake on, on our part, on my part, particularly because I was the, the head honcho in this list outing. But the hard part was he kept all of the fish to take home. Like, you know, he said, well, we have to keep the evidence, whatever. So he, he kept thank, all these fish he, that I sat there and cleaned for the past hour. <laughs> so he kept all the fish and wrote us all up all a ticket for fishing in the hatchery or, you know, fishing in the delayed harvest stream. And it was like a $180 a piece fine or something. It was a pretty good fine yeah. for, for all of us in the cool. But the funny, by the time it was done, I mean, after he would, got done with being very stern and, and letting us know what we did wrong, he started to loosen up as he was writing us up a thousand dollars worth of tickets. But he, uh, he, we, you know, we got where we felt like we could cut up and joke with him a little bit. And, Tanner, who was under 18 at the time, had, who had skipped school to be with us, was the last person he wrote up. So he called all the rest of us, I guess the other five of us over. He said, listen, I want to tell you guys that because he's underage, I don't have to give him a ticket if you guys want me to. But if you don't feel it's fair to you guys, I'm going to give him a ticket. And I was like, well, heck yeah, I don't come take it because I'm yeah. thinking, heck yeah, we'll just, you know, he can give each of us 20 bucks towards ours <laughs> or something. But, it, but what we did with him instead was we told him, we said, listen, he's been over there crapping himself for the past hour while you're writing all these tickets because he thinks he's going to get in trouble for skipping school. Yeah. So instead of giving him a ticket, why don't you go over there and hassle him a little bit? So the guy went over and he asked Tanner if he would get in the back of his vehicle. So we had him get in the back of the, the Tahoe or whatever he was driving. And Tanner, of course, at this point doesn't know what's happening. He's sweating. He's scared to death. And he starts quizzing Tanner about school and why he's not in school. And Tanner just about had a meltdown there. And of course, finally he, he gave in and started laughing and told him we put him up to it. So that's pretty we neat. had a little bit of that's fun. That's pretty neat. He went along with that. Yeah. Well, by that, I mean, we sat there. I mean, think about he it. Done, you know how long it takes an officer to write a ticket. So we had, you know, an hour and a half of quality time with a 
guy to, to buddy up with him by the end of it. You know, I'm sure we were friends enough at the end. Maybe he probably felt bad, but he didn't feel bad enough to let us keep the fish. It was too late to take the ticket. <laughs> he kept the fish still, so I guess he didn't feel that bad for us. So, yeah, that was my uh, delayed harvest hatchery-supported yeah. uh, story. So that was – that being said, I'd say that if you uh, – Probably would have told any one of them boys that they could pay 180 bucks and catch all them fish in an afternoon. They probably would have gladly paid the money because it was a blast. It was it, so fun. I'm sure it was because, like I said, it's fresh stock. A lot of them oh choose gosh, from. Yeah, it was fun. I'm just glad. I'm kind of was upset you didn't invite me along, but I was glad after I heard the rest of the story. I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always the rest of the story. Yeah, it's pretty neat that they do that, though. I mean, they they stock most like 372,000 trout and waters designated and delayed harvest to buy to, you know from better fishing and everything give everybody an opportunity to have a good time fishing and it's yeah. something north carolina's put a lot of effort toward and yeah uh, and we're lucky i mean you know there's a lot of states that where they just don't have trout fishing i mean i was fortunate to grow up in pennsylvania where we had good trout fishing we had stocked fish and native fish which you know we're lucky in north carolina that we have that um you know if it weren't for the mountains you wouldn't be able to i mean it's got to be some place right. where there's a, a high enough elevation at least in the south to where they can they could, the fish can live long enough in the water because yeah, it's got to be cool water. Cold water and, and uh, you know, stuff. a lot of a lot of other places don't have, you know, we can pretty much, you know, be, you know, in, in good trout fishing area in 45 minutes to an hour ride from where we live here in, in yep. Mooresville. So it's, uh, we're fortunate to have that. It's one of the cool diversities of our, our state here in North Carolina. I mean, we got beaches on one end and yep. mountains, mountains on the other. So go fish for uh, sharks and blue marlin and then go fish for trout up in the mountains and yeah. all, all in one, one home It's state. a lot of fun if you get time to do it. You don't have to rodeo. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you, if, you we plan a, if we plan a week trip, you know, if we go during the week, it's okay. It's just the weekends that I'm hurt. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 a Monday through. Well, not even Thursday. Well, sometimes during the week you're preparing we, on Thursday. Sometimes during the week we, we go practice and everything, and it's it's crazy everything we do stuff for our daughters and well. our kids, but. I yeah. love it. I've complained about it, but when we don't do it, I miss it. And yeah, it. and you always be able to whether whether the rodeo and thing sticks with Kayla and, and she does that into her in adulthood or or not, you're still going to have all those years that yeah. You know, and the wife uh, keeps reminding me we only got four more years of it. Go yeah. together and do yeah. things together. And then after so. that, what we're going to be doing? Yeah, exactly. She's going to be on her say, own. I wish Kayla would go do something with yeah. us. <laughs> now you yeah. have that. you got to take her to the rodeo, so she has to do something with Yeah, you. I know. Yep. I think about that with Wyatt at five years old. I think to myself, okay, I probably got about – well, let's see. When he's about 16, he's not gonna want to hang out with dad anymore. So, so I always, I always use that as my, of my window of what I want to do with why I want to try to get done before he's 15, 16 years old, and he gets too cool to want to do stuff with dad anymore. Yeah, that does happen. And then so, you know, when they get around 23, 24, they want to come back around and yeah. hang out because they realize. Oh yeah, how fun That's dad fun he is. Out with dad, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I hope, and I say that jokingly. I hope that I don't, you know. Yeah. I hope that I. That, that that I think that building that outdoor connection with your children, whether it be rodeoing, whether it be fishing, whether it be hunting, I mean, building that bond, you know, even when they're 16 and 17, now you're probably going to lose out most times to wanting to go out on a date with uh, their girlfriend or what may, you know, whatever they want to do, but there's still going to be a couple weekends a year when they're going to want to go hunting or yeah. they're going to want to go fishing, and you're still going to get some, some time because of that bond that we build. Yeah, I hope that's the case because, you know, my daughter's, it's it's hard with girls. I mean, <laughs> the boys it was hard because when they turn sixteen, they want to do their own thing and be on their own and go and do things on themselves. But the girls are just they they become mama's girl. Yeah. And I just yeah, that's uh, I can't 
I can't cope with all the girl things and stuff that go on and deal um, with all that stuff. I'm and with the you drama. With, uh, Carson and Kennedy are both, uh, you know, super great girls, and, and they're so much fun. But, man, there is uh, – I can feel you because there's times when you walk into the room and they're talking to mom, and you just know. You can tell by looking at them. I'm best not to open exactly. my mouth. I'm, I don't care if you were going to walk in there and tell those girls that you're bringing them in uh, $100,000 that you just won in the lottery. Yep. You're better off not to say it. At least <laughs> you know There's that. nothing that can come out of your you lips that they want to hear. So you can yeah. tell by that look, like, okay, but, well, if, if, you know that, if it's not coming from mom, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, that's the way it is. You know, but whenever we get out on a boat or in the woods, it's totally different. It's more like she's become daddy's girl again. So yeah, yeah, that's a great That's feeling, pretty cool to feel. Sure. Well, and I know that you guys with the rodeo, I mean, that's uh, regardless, you know, you have that same thing with the rodeo. I mean, I think that, you know, you can do things and you can help her. And I'm sure she wants to argue with you. And I'm sure there's back oh, yeah. talking involved in oh, all yeah. that. But at the end of the day, she knows and, and you know that she knows oh, yeah. that, the, all, all that you're doing for her and not going hunting with your buddy LW. Instead, you're going to the rodeo. Yeah, so she that, realizes it. it cause she, she knows that. She I mean, knows. And she all, thanks me for doing the stuff I do. And I done learned that. When you when she goes in the back in the what we call the alleyway to get ready to come in, I'm not allowed back there because I spank the horses and make them go faster. <laughs> she she don't like because it, it distracts her. She her, throws her mind off. So I stay I stay out of that and let Mama deal with that. Now I sit in stands and just uh, video. Yeah, and so and I think I learned my and, spot. And, and and as far as you know, I think that that's hard for us as as the dads to to step back because you think I mean. It almost hurts your feelings yeah. when they don't want you to be. I thought in. I was I helping the same her. Think I'm thinking, you know, man, you know, of course, as a guy, you're not going to sit there and say, "Oh, you're hurting my feelings," but hey, we have feelings too. Yeah. It makes you feel, well, dang, they don't even want my help or yeah. they don't even want my involvement. But I think the sooner that we grasp the fact that it's not that they don't want our help, it's just that that's mentally that's what they need to do to yeah. focus. And you know, Carson's the same way with racing. I mean, we go to the to the races and you know Carson she doesn't want to talk she doesn't want to talk about the race car she doesn't want to do anything she's focused on doing her thing and the first couple of times you kind of get your feelings hurt and then you realize well that's that's her thing and, and she's concentrating and focusing and the sooner you come to terms with that the easier it is to just walk the other way it is it made it easier on us too so yeah. I'm good I'm in a good space now <laughs> <laughs> so a few things on, on the show is uh, always check yourself for ticks when you're in the woods yep. or outside it is okay to fish delayed harvest streams and lakes right now <laughs> until September 30th. And pay attention to your girls and notice the face yeah. that they give you. Know when not to speak. Know when not to speak. <laughs> Enjoy your kids every minute that you have with them and uh, try to get them outdoors as much as you can and, and have a good time. Yep, absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up for the Earnhardt Outdoors here in the Azalta studio. We want to thank Azalta for all they do for Dirty Mo' Radio. Yeah, to keep up with the latest Exalta news, follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Exalta Racing. Well, folks, thanks for joining us, and uh, keep up with us on Earnhardt Outdoors. Check us out and see what we got going on, and until next yeah. time, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Hey, I'm Justin Allgaier, driver of the Junior Motorsports number 7 Chevrolet. Racing Electronics provides the best communication equipment and technology to professional teams and drivers, and that very same technology is available in the products they offer to race fans. Visit RacingElectronics.com to learn more.